back to another episode of the King's Pulse podcast presented by the King's Herald. My name is Brendan Nunez, and we got a trade reaction today. I have uh, Mark Schindler joining me, who does a whole lot of things, including covering the Indiana Pacers. You just put out something on the Sacramento Kings today, which is fitting. Um, anybody unaware at M. Schindler NBA, Basketball News, Fear the Sword, Indy Cornrows. Um, what is going on, Mark? How you doing, man? Um, I'm good. I, uh, I'm really happy that I got that article out this morning when I did. I wish I got it out like a day or two earlier because uh, that was, um, I mean, I was not ready for the, I mean, we were talking about before we got in here, I was not ready for that to, to happen today. I was hoping, you know, I was like, oh, you know, it's a Tuesday morning. I don't think the Kings will make a move today. I made the mistake of tweeting out, I hope the Kings don't make a move today. And then they made a move about 45 minutes after I had, I had dropped that article. So, um, you know, it's uh that's that's how how the cookie crumbles sometimes. But I'm uh, I'm psyched to dive into this with you, man. I'm glad you invited me on. Yeah, always appreciate you coming on, man. Um, always great to get your insight and the deal we're talking about. Anybody somehow unaware this holy shit of a deal? Um, Demonis Sabonis is coming to Sacramento along with Jeremy Lamb and Justin Holiday and a 2027 second round pick from Indiana. For Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Tristan Thompson. Whoa. Um, yeah. I mean, just first reaction, I guess, like to seeing this for me. I mean, I put out an episode yesterday where, you know, I was like, I'm at the point where mm-hmm. I think I could see anybody not named Tyrese Halliburton moved, and I don't know exactly how shocked I would be. And wow. Yeah. You know, Woj was talking about um, Tyrese was a guy that really wanted to be somebody that was going to change the culture in Sacramento. We just talked to him at practice yesterday and and they gave us him and Davion um, specifically to be talking to about the rising stars game that they were about to be in. Um, I I think that Tyrese was part of the future. Like, I don't think this was planned. I think that Sacramento really needs to make a move. He's their most valuable asset. And uh, yeah, I mean, getting Sabonis back is certainly not nothing, but I, I guess first reaction from my point of view is, holy crap, they really moved on from Halliburton. And it was a little hard to, you know, look past that at first. Um, from your point of view with Indiana's perspective, is it kind of the same of like, wow, they really got Halliburton? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think my immediate thought was, yeah, that. I mean, wow, Halliburton. Because I think every talk that had been mentioned beforehand was stuff centered around Fox. Um, so for Halliburton to be traded, I was I was pretty shocked by that. Um I just also was not under the impression that Domas was going to be moved. Um, I mean, I know that he'd been in trade talks. I just didn't think anybody was going to actually put together the kind of trade package to make it happen. Um, and the Kings did. Uh, like, I think in terms of value, like that's about as good as they could have asked for, honestly. Um, as for the Kings, though, I mean, I think my immediate reaction to it was uh, that this is very clear that I don't want to say that Monty McNair is on the hot seat or anything like that, but I think this move is like very clear. Like, cause I mean, I literally, I wrote about what I wrote about this morning was like, I don't think that they should separate Fox and Halliburton because that had seemed to be where it was trending and it happened today. Um, obviously in the way that I think you and I both, you know, didn't anticipate it. Um, but I mean, I will say I'm, I'm probably more in the middle on this than most people. Like I, I really like Hallie. I think he's going to be an incredible player. I do not want to be the team that has to move on from him. But I also think to a degree how good Sabonis is and the impact he could have has been undersold to a degree. Um, and I think it's just tough because, you know, this 
like you just have to look at, at this with the lens that Monty McNair is probably not getting another season of not being in the playoffs. Like as much as I think that's also a part of the product of, you know, his bad last off season, like, cause the, that last off season was bad, frankly. And we've seen the, what that has done for the product on court. Um, but this is also because of everything that's happened. Like I'm, I'm not trying to keep plugging the piece over and over again, but like, I mean, you really can't talk about the Kings without, all of the 15 prior years of everything that's built up to this. And it's just, um, I do think this gives an actual opportunity to, um, to maybe try and break that cycle, but I don't know, man, I, it's, I, it was a little bit head scratching for me from both ways. Um, I mean, the last thing I'll say on Indiana before we move on is like, I, I think this just means that it's a very clear rebuild now after the trade with Karis two days ago. I mean, that was, uh, I thought like, I mean, I was pretty certain Karras was going to get moved. He really hasn't fit in. He's been pretty ready to move somewhere else. And that was more about, you know, you you get some value and see what, what happens. But then you make that move um, with the, the best player on your team being shipped out. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, it's pretty clear Indiana's going in for a full rebuild now. Yeah, I, I want to spend a little bit of time with you um, talking about how good of a player Sabonis really is. Because I think that that is, like you mentioned, kind of being under not talked about enough here um, because I mean, I think that the fan base did have such a connection to Halliburton already, which is, which is pretty crazy. But, and it's also funny that his last game as a member of the Kings, he had 17 assists. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, Halliburton has a, a ceiling that I don't even know exactly where to place with what we've seen recently. Um, but DeMontis Savonis is 25 years old, making 18 and a half million this year. Um, next season, he makes $18.5 million. The year after, he makes $19.4 million. So the Kings will have him um, throughout the rest of this season and two more years as well. Again, he's only 25 years old. And this year, in 47 games he's played, he's averaging 18.9 points, 12.1 rebounds, fourth in the entire league in rebounds, where the Kings have sucked, by the way. 5.0 assists. Um, he's... You know, the Kings early in the year tried to play out of the short roll a lot um, or not out of the short roll, out of the guys on the elbow and do a lot of cutting actions and things like this um, and have never had a passing big that actually worked with that scheme and Gentry kind of went away from it. But um, Sabonis is obviously phenomenal there. Like, I I think it's like, like you said, it's easy to overlook how good of a player Sacramento is getting back in this deal because I think some of the emotional attachment to Halliburton, but yeah. Can you just kind of share your perspective of just how good Sabonis is? I mean, this has been the best season of his career. Um, I think that you can look, I mean, like the numbers were obviously popping last year, but I think he's gotten better defensively this year, um, which we'll talk about for sure. Um, You know, in terms of his, his handle tightening up a little bit more, like a lot of his averages look down just because of like, you know, the beginning of the year, they really weren't using him as a playmaking hub anymore. They were just kind of putting him in the dunker or, you know, they were even playing five out with him quite often. And it was like, okay, well, he's clearly not a spacer. I think that's something he's tried to evolve in his game. His jumper hasn't really been there for him this year, but it almost doesn't matter to a degree because he's so capable of um, impacting the game in other ways. Like I think the, the biggest thing that I just try and, uh, dispel too is that he's somebody who uh, he, he's just the post up dominant big. Blah, 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 blah. Like he certainly u- utilizes the post, but I think, and I, this is not meant as a slight at Julius Randle. He's definitely had a tough year this year, but he was rightfully all, uh, all NBA last year. Like I think people look at Domas and think that they're, they're viewing Julius Randle. Like when they talk about him, like 
Domas is not somebody who holds the ball for a really long time. If he holds the ball, it's because an action stalled out, and it's it's not necessarily because he's trying to just you know hold the ball for no purpose. Um, a lot of touch passes, a lot of helping the offense flow, which I actually think is something that could be really good for Sacramento's offense. Um, I just like I I do start to have questions though, just in terms of what the rest of the roster looks like around it. But I, I know that's I'm I'm getting ahead of myself on that, but. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that we're – yeah, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. I no, think that they're so far from being done. Um, like, Yeah, I mean, I'd imagine Rashawn's going to get moved. Rashawn is the obvious one to me. I think Bagley, um, even going into this, it was – I, I, I was be shocked if Bagley was trade, stuck man. around. Yeah, right. That's, that's a good point, especially with Indiana going rebuild, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I don't want to spend too much time on it because it'll probably get outdated pretty quick, like – I, who knows what's going to happen with the rest of this roster. Rashawn Holmes probably gets moved, like like you mentioned. Um, I think Marvin Bagley's the other obvious one. I'm not even 100% that like I'm going to talk about the fit with De'Aaron Fox, but mm-hmm. almost wonder if there could be something there. Um, I Yeah, who knows at this point, right? Like if you're able to, if you're willing to move on from Halliburton, this is a, it, it very clearly just backs up everything we've heard of. Everybody is on the table. Um, so who knows where they go from here. There is still like a lopsidedness to this roster. Um, but when you think of the weaknesses that we've seen throughout this year of rebounding and ball movement um, being two of the big three with the other just being sadly kind of everything on the defensive end of the yeah. ball, um, that Sabonis is a major check in those two first boxes of rebounding and, and playmaking. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I think that it is, going to be very interesting to to see how he is able to play and and kind of work around this roster um I guess let's let's talk about the defense a little bit you were saying that there's been some growth from him this year um yeah what what does that look like and where do his strengths and weaknesses lie on the defensive side yeah I think what's really tough for me um I mean I don't mean this to sound like asinine or anything but I think sometimes people just like uh I don't want to say they don't understand defense but defense is like a lot more nuanced than I think I realized when I first came in to covering the NBA um I used to think almost like just this terrible defender like oh he can't do the things Miles Turner does I'm like well number one Miles Turner when he's healthy and when he's right is one of the five best run protectors in the NBA so that plays a part but also like just because he's limited doesn't mean that he's bad. Like he's not somebody you can put in a drop and just get you a top 10 defense. And I think we've also just seen more and more, like it's very hard for anybody to do that in the NBA, the way the offense has gone. But um, he's really excelled at at working in hedges and like going out and, um, you know, timing hedges, angling correctly. His hands are really active on the perimeter. Like I think he's at a career high in steals this year. If he's not, he was close to it. Um, He's just really improved those facets of the game. I think his positioning has gotten a lot better. Um, like you mentioned with the rebounding, like Indiana's had rebounding problems the last couple of years, but it's mostly because their guards and wings are very poor rebounders. Like it's, it always gets pinned on the bigs, but it's mostly been because of the guards. But um, also like, I mean, just converting that into, into, into the break, like we've seen probably a little bit less this year than last year, but Domas brings the ball up in transition a lot, which is, really awesome and exciting for like it sounds very small and minute when you look at it but it can really change how a defense is coming out and guarding you when a set starts and it just makes things a little bit more interesting that way um yeah or for a team with De'Aaron Fox that's constantly talking about transition play if he yeah. doesn't have to go and get the ball he just gets to take off from the exactly. perimeter already and Sponis got those outlet passes um yeah, yeah I and mean, I, I'll say too like he's 
I mean, he really is. I wouldn't say that he's not a rim protector. Like he does protect the rim better than I think people give him credit for. Like he's not going to block a lot of shots, but he'll alter shots, which is all you can really ask for from people. Also, wow, Bradley Beal just underwent season-ending surgery on his wrist. Wow. Uh, yeah, per Shams and Woj. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to break that. Wow, middle, but no, 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 you're good. Um, that's wild. Um, wow. Hope he's okay. But uh, I mean, like he's good at getting vertical around the rim. Um, like again, he he doesn't have a great wingspan or anything, but he's capable of just being in the right place at the right time. And even if that's not always going to be the same impact, like I would just looking through the Kings roster, like he's probably the best big defender other than Rashawn Holmes on the roster, which is not saying a lot, but like, just to, to note, like he's definitely an upgrade over Chemezi Metu. Like Metu is <laughs> as much as I enjoy watching Chemezi try and figure things out. He's, he's not there yet. Like um, I do think that, you know, I think a lot of people with this, be like, Oh, the defense can fall apart. And I'm, I'm, I'm not there. Like, I, I do think that um, you can at least have an average to slightly above defense with, with Domas. And they've done that before in Indiana. So, yeah. Um, and do you feel strongly about him being either a four or a five? Um, I really think he's more of a five. Um, and that has like to I guess a lot in a lot of ways. Is, guess. Yeah, on defense, he's a he's a five to me, and um, even offensively, like he can do some four things. But like to me, he's just he's more of a five, and that's fine. I think it's just like we've seen with Minnesota. I think I'm just interested to see how they try and retool the roster because that is, I mean, as much as they've already made moves now, there's they have to do a lot of retooling to make this make more sense to me, um, you know, headed into the off season, because I, I want to see that, like, if they're going to be a little bit more of a deep, like the team that I think that they can be, it's probably going to be trying to find more rangy wings and fours, which I guess, you know, you, I know you've been asking for, for a long time, <laughs> but um, yeah, they yeah. really need that floor stretchings for especially. Yeah. Or just, you know, somebody who can play both ends without killing you would be fantastic because there's there's only like three of those guys in the roster right now. So PJ Washington. That that's, would be that's, that would be the one ideal. that makes sense to me. A PJ Washington Kai Jones kind of thing for Rashawn. That would be amazing, actually. I would love that. I'm secretly, I mean, I'm not a Pacers fan, but I very much so hope that they trade Miles for PJ Washington because that would be uh I I mean I love I love PJ Washington. He's so good. Same thing with Domas. Like, I don't think people realize enough how good he is, but yeah. so I'm getting off track. No, you're fine. Um, it's a hectic time of year, hectic day, especially um, to can to continue with uh, Domas a little bit, his pairing with De'Aaron Fox. Um, what do you think of it? I, I know we just talked about, you know, you would need other spacers alongside them. I, I think that that's the same issue we've seen with Rashawn that they need three other shooters out there and we haven't seen that happen. Um, but I, I guess like starting with their pick and roll, how do you think that that sort of in your mind, how do they work when it comes to their synergy? Both guys that probably prefer to get uh, to the basket when I think ideally in a pick and roll, you have one that is uh, more comfortable outside one that prefers to be inside. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, Fox has never been able to, uh, be a cutter off a passer like this. I don't think Sabonis has played with somebody that I think has cutting potential like Fox. Um, yeah, what, what do you think of kind of their their two-man game potential? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you to an extent about wanting somebody who could space uh, out to three with, with De'Aaron, but part of what I find really exciting about this is that I think we're going to really see for the first time De'Aaron's speed get utilized since the Dave Yeager era. Like, I mean... They utilized it in transition. That was about it because the half court offense wasn't very good. But um, 
like even then we started to see a little bit more of it after Alvin Gentry took over and uh, De'Aaron got moved uh, to be more of a primary scorer than, than primary playmaker. Like we started to see some more corner actions and stuff just to use his speed getting downhill or even like there was, they would set up and um, I'm trying to remember what it was. It was like, they would set up for like a double, like the double, st- like a stagger handoff, but then, you know, set somebody on a 45 cut and then De'Aaron would do like a chase action. Um, like doing stuff like that just because he's so quick and he can beat his defender one-on-one with that without even having to do anything. Like there's a lot of stuff I can envision with that in terms of just what his speed is um, that I'm going to probably write about tonight because I'm excited about that. Um, I'm very interested in that. As as for getting downhill and pick and roll, that is like – that's been the hardest part with Aaron this year. Like he literally has regressed as a passer, and I don't know entirely what to make of that. Um I think part of that was it. I mean, he low key just kind of played like he was frustrated playing for Luke Walton for for most of the beginning of the year. If we're being honest. Yeah, um, I think the reporting that uh, we saw recently, this was James Ham, uh, was you know came into the year frustrated because Buddy and Bagley were still on the team, two guys that had reported that they wanted out. And you know, the idea is there's this continuity and uh, coming into this year with keeping Walton around, and there's supposed to be a good lack of a better word vibe going into this year that they can kind of build upon yet we're still sitting here with two guys that are ball stoppers that do not want to be here um so i I think that that's partially a factor here yeah no definitely um so i i do think like i think people have been a little bit too down on fox this year um i feel like sometimes i sound too much like i'm trying to keep up with like you know maintaining the right narrative but like I still think, uh, especially once, um, you know, once he moved off ball more or less, not, it wasn't like, I mean, his usage was the same, but less about playmaking, more about scoring. I think you really saw a shift and he looked a lot better. Um, I I just am so interested to see what this looks like for him. Because, I mean, Domas is the best playmaker he's played with. Like, I think Domas is a little bit ahead of, of where Howie is just because of what he can do all across the floor, not just from the perimeter. Um like, okay, what do what do Fox's reads look like just getting downhill? Can that be – can that improve? Like, you know, in terms of just seeing things, uh, you know, if, if Domas is playing out of the dunker spot or playing more at the elbows, like, what does that look like? Um, I think even though, like, you know, we like to it, – it, it tends to be like, okay, well, spacing is five out. You can – sometimes your best spacing might come playing four out, one in or something like that. So it just – it really is just going to depend. But Alvin Gentry is really creative. Um, I think something that – I mean, that's an entirely different different part, too, because, like, is Alvin actually going to be hired? Like, I know there have been talks about that. Like, he wants to be given a, a an actual commitment. I don't know if it's going to happen. Like, I again, I wrote about that today. I was like, whatever it is, they just have to actually give a commitment to someone because I like that's the biggest issue with the Kings consistently is we'll pay we'll pay somebody to do it, but but we're not going to actually commit to it. And um so for better or for worse, like I feel like actually committing to Domas is a good thing. Like, you know, and again, that's another thing we can talk on. But um, just in terms of actually getting things going downhill and opening things up for De'Aaron, I think, uh, you know, you kind of merge uh, De'Aaron, who's a guy who has primary capabilities, like his burst, his speed, that is shit that you can't replicate. Um, but he, of course, has some vision uh, issues that can, that can pop up. Um, obviously, he's not a shooter, but like I just – to a degree, like I think adding Domas's playmaking and what he can do as a connector, I think could really buffer a lot of that over. But, um, you know, it's I, I don't I, I mean, I, w- I want to go back and watch some more stuff, too. But I think ultimately it's going to be it, I think it'll be a better fit than it, people are maybe thinking. 
Yeah, definitely going to be a lot of film probably in both of our futures these next couple of days. Um, Is Sabonis a guy that um, like you see as an offensive hub that you're running the offense through a majority of of the time? Um, I mean, it feels like a pretty basic question, but. Wait, sorry, can you repeat that? You think of him as the uh, like offensive hub that you're running the offense through pretty much most possessions while he's out there, right? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be every possession. Like, you can obviously use him as a decoy and stuff. Like, I actually think he's shown, um, like, he's pretty capable of playing out of the dunker spot. Like, he's good at, at floating in the paint and, you know, just in whatever area is given to him. He's obviously an incredible rebounder. Um, like, I don't think that he necessarily has to have every single little thing run through him. And even then, like, if, okay, it's not necessarily a bad thing to just have somebody who you use as a lot for a lot of touch passes. Because if you don't have somebody who is making – you know, like if you don't have a primary lead guard or ball handler who is making primary reads for you, like doing stuff like being able to really manipulate and warp the defense. OK, well, you have to find counters to make that happen. Adding in somebody who, you know, in spite of some maybe physical limitations to actually bend a defense with the passing on top of that, you can kind of mitigate it. So I do think like, yeah, a lot of it should be, in my opinion, running stuff through him and like, um, yeah. just mentioning Alvin again, like he was there for Zion's rookie year. And obviously Zion and and Domas are completely different players. So don't like I'm not trying to conflate them, but I really did like how he started to um, you know use Zion's gravity in the corners and in the elbows, along with JJ Redick when he was there, and just trying to you know get the most out of two gravities in tandem to really bend the defense. Um, so I do think like he's somebody who's certainly intuitive enough and, and smart, and has, he's been around for forever and will know how to utilize him. So. Yeah, and I think that having a short roll passer is that's like one of my aspects of the game that I think is underappreciated and one of the things that just really gets me going um is short roll passes and making the right reads from there and it's I mean obviously Sabonis comes in as the guy that far and away does that best out of anybody uh, any one of these Sacramento bigs like there were a couple moments that Alex Hen- Len had this year even like progress there where I'm like man that is so nice to have um, and Sabonis just does that ridiculously better. So, you know, being able to uh, read the way that the defense is moving. And if you're kicking to Harrison Barnes on the weak side in the corner um, from those sort of looks. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to be interesting. The pairing when it comes to Fox and Sabonis, if that is what they end up moving forward with kind of as expected, um, it is going to be interesting to see how they grow together, how they learn to optimize each other. and and. The time that Sabonis spent in Indiana, what do you feel like was and was not done well when it came to optimizing his skill set? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I felt last year, I mean, the defense really was was so optimal for him. Like, um, a lot got poked at him for his defense being bad, but also, like, he just was asked to do way too much. Um, like, I think there's been a good happy medium this year in terms of trying to you know, have him be more of uh, somebody who like, and it, I think, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. A lot of times people watch the Pacers defense be like, well, why are they going out and hedging ball screens instead of just playing in drop or center field or something? And they they point at the bigs and like, oh, well, this is because they can't play defense around Sabonis. They, they have no perimeter defenders. Like their perimeter defense has been abysmal all year. And like, I mean, even with miles, they were going out and, and hedging routinely and trapping because they can't get stops on the perimeter. Um, so I think, again, like Domas has gotten better at that. 
Um, but last year they were doing way more of it. It was too much. Uh, it was asking like way, way too much. They were having him pressure like Ben Simmons and, and Russell Westbrook all the way out to the top of the key, like stuff like that. That's just like, what are we doing here? I, I didn't even play very high level ball. And I can tell you this is ridiculous. So um, I, I think that has been uh, interesting in seeing how that's done. And I, I'm hoping that it's better in Sacramento. As for offense, yeah, Tyrese Halliburton's a pretty good defender, so they should work well together. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, this year, um, as for the offense, it was weird because um, I actually th- like you could definitely argue that last year I think a little bit too much went through Domas, but um, it wasn't also bad either. Like I, I don't think it was terrible. I think that there were maybe some a lot of the moments where it looked bad were because they game plan like they literally had a game like one of the games they played against Utah. They just threw the ball in the post to, to go bear. I mean, against to go one on one against Gobert multiple times, and it was like, why are we doing this? You know, this is clearly not going to work. As good of a scorer and interior player as Domas is, like, no, that's Rudy Gobert. Like, you can't just go in and, and, and play against him like that. Um, this year, they started off like playing him more. Like, they were putting him in the corner a lot, which is questionable. Um, I mean, he can. He, he he's had moments of hitting shots. He's been really streaky this year of hitting from outside. Um, sometimes like there are ways where he can, he can draw a defender if he's in the corner, but for the most part, you're not really getting the most out of him by space game beyond the arc. Like, um, you're going to get more out of how a defense is going to guard him. If you put him at the elbow or if you put him, um, you know, like, uh, at the elbow, like it's just, they're it, just finding the right ways to actually saying like, you can't really just space somebody. Like, it, I think that's just one of my like random little, qualms that I have with the NBA like you can't just space like a defense guards you and and gives you space or doesn't give you space so um sorry I'm like rambling but yeah it's I think they, they finally found a happy medium with that earlier this year but it just depends yeah um it'll be interesting I mean they Sacramento still has so much room and weirdly I don't think they're assets that are blowing teams away or anything but they still have a lot of ways to build around this duo and if they want to have Fox there um, as part of that duo I mean I would assume he would be it's just at this point I'm like I have no clue what's going to happen um, yeah I mean Harrison Bard's going to have value Rashawn Holmes is going to have value uh, Marvin Bagley still and yeah I think even Alex Len like they have their first round picks you know I, I don't think that like still getting Jeremy Grant is out of the picture we talked about PJ Washington um, so there's definitely still ways to optimize this duo moving forward um, and one of the other I mean I want to talk a little bit about some of the other guys that are coming over in this deal as well um, the one that stands out to me more so is well first of all there's two Jeremy Lambs apparently according yes. to Woj yeah. Um, which was very confusing at first because I was like, man, who, yeah, what does he actually mean here? I guess Random we'll start that we with, didn't know about, yeah. Right. I guess we'll start with, with Jeremy Lamb, who has had an interesting career. I think, you know, a lot of uh, potential 12th pick in 2012 and just kind of dealt with a lot of injuries. And throughout this year, he's played 39 games, 15 minutes a night. And, uh, yeah, I mean, nothing that's blowing you away seven points, um, two and a half boards. 33% from threes, a 34% three-point shooter throughout his career, and has had some years where he's doing notably better than others. Um, he is still 29 years old, 6'5". Is is he anything more than kind of a little bit of a throw-in to you here? Um, I mean, at the expense of sounding rude, like if this wasn't the Kings, I would say it's 
more of just the throw in, but like, I actually think he'll play solid rotation minutes for them. Like, I mean, especially with Terrence Davis going down, like I, I still have you know issues with Terrence, but like he was playing really well before he had the wrist injury. Um, I, I mean, Jeremy will probably play like first wing off the bench. I feel like, I mean, he's like the only real true, true wing on the roster. Like he is, a, I'll just say right away. He's not a good defender. Like he is a very poor defender. He can get some stuff in passing lanes. Cause I think he's, he's six, five, but he has like a seven, one or seven, two wingspan, which just is ridiculous. And you can tell watching him like his, his arms go on forever. Um, and he can have some okay moments and help, but for the most part, he ball watches a lot. He really struggles at the point of attack, especially after injuring his knee. Um, but offensively, like he's had some moments, especially uh, even like out of pick and roll, like he's had some really good moments uh, and has carried the Pacers bench at times this year for like small stretches, not for like, you know, he's not going to be the sixth man or anything, but he does enough offensively. And if his shot is going, which it, I think with more playing time, it will. Um, I I do think he'll actually be at least a solid player for uh, for Sacramento. So I'm I'm pretty into him there. Uh, I remember like I think you and I had actually talked about him earlier this year. It might not have been on the, the pod, but just in general about like, you know, how he could actually be a part of Sacramento if there was some kind of salary dump or something. Um, so I do think that he'll actually uh, play a small part for the Kings this year. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with TD not there. Um, if yeah, depending on what moves we end up seeing. I mean, right now it's Fox Davion as your guards. Then you're working with. Jeremy Lamb, Justin Holiday, uh, Terrence Davis isn't there. And then if you want to throw in Jamias Ramsey as your other smaller wing guards, um, then yeah, Harrison Barnes, and then you go to forwards pretty much. So it's definitely going to be interesting. I think Lamb's going to get some opportunity. What have you? What do you make of his uh, three-point shooting? It seems kind of streaky. Yeah, it's it it just depends. Like I think there have been moments where it looks really good. I think he's like around a league average shooter, but it helps too because he's not – um, like he's not somebody who's just going to check out of shots all the time. So that helps. Like he's a willing and confident shooter, but honestly, he's almost better when he gets into the lane. Like he, it feels like he rare, like he's, he's definitely missed more of them this year. Um, cause he's had a little bit of a, an up and down offensive season, but, um, he's really good creating off the dribble and getting to his shot, you know, from like 10 to 14 feet. Um, like he can just, I wouldn't call him an instant offense guy, but he's definitely somebody you can count on to to shoot and drive, and that that matters because there are not a lot of players on the Kings who can do that. Like, um, so I mean, it's it's an upgrade over playing Mo Harkless. Um, no offense to Mo Harkless, yeah, especially like I mean, Mo Harkless just had what like his first double double in like three years last yeah. night or the night before. Yeah, career. So night. I can't I can't slander Mo, but like, I mean, exactly. Like that's kind of that's what you're working with. So yeah. Yeah, uh, definitely like what Mo brings defensively, but it's just, yeah, so limited options when it comes yeah. to wings and forwards for Sacramento. So Lamb will be interesting, I think. Yeah, especially with TD down, he should get an opportunity. And then Justin Holiday, um, who has his own interesting asterisks attached to him. Um, my understanding, uh, yeah, is that his vaccination status is. I'll go with questionable. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't know where you're at. It's not just questionable. Like he's not, he's not vaccinated. Um, okay. I don't understand it personally. Um, I'm not trying to say that he's like a bad guy for it or anything, but like, it's just so weird because his brother drew is like one of the biggest vaccine advocates in the NBA and Justin's yeah. anti-vax. So I just, I don't personally get it. Um, Justin is a really nice guy. I'm not trying to like hype him up just because he's a nice guy. Like I still think he should be going out and getting vaxxed, but it, 
does not seem like he's going to. He was pretty open about not wanting to. Um, as far as actual encore fit, like and I'll, I'll, I'll say, I'll say oh, real yeah. quick, because um, I saw people throwing it around on Twitter. He'll still play home games in Sacramento. Uh, the yeah. Kings have at least one other player that's unvaccinated that's still playing. It's not a situation like Brooklyn or Golden State or anything mm-hmm. like that. So he'll still play on um, at home games for Sacramento. And with you, he obviously, I'm all for him getting vaccinated. It's compl- yeah, interesting situation there. I, I hesitated yeah. because I wasn't I hadn't confirmed from just Twitter things, so I'm glad you're in the loop there. No, yeah, you're good. Um I mean, as for just actual on court fit though, um I thought it was great for the Kings that they got him. Um he's been I mean, he's had a little bit of saying it, he hasn't had a rough year. Like he had uh, some sh- some difficult shooting earlier in the year and his defense has been a step slower for the most part. I do attribute part of that to just the Pacers sucking this year, honestly. Like, that has definitely played a part. But, um, I mean, his two-man game with Domas, especially over the last month and a half, is going to be already, like, the best form of offense that Sacramento's had in a minute. Um, Like, they're very good. I think – I'm trying to think just looking up and down the Kings roster. I mean, obviously it hurts losing Buddy, but I think on aggregate, like, Justin's probably a little bit better of a player right now. Or maybe not even necessarily a better player, but – you're not going to have to worry about him defensively. I actually think he'll be a plus. Um, and he's capable of doing some of the same stuff, the off movement. Uh, he's not quite as good coming off Spain actions like Buddy is. And as much as that's a big part of uh, the Kings offense, but he's very good working corner actions, you know, coming off of pin downs. Um, really good movement shooter. I think he's taking like his highest three-point attempt rate of, of his career right now. I think he's shooting like yeah, around 6.9 per yeah. game. Very nice. And I think he's t- like he's hit like over 40 percent of his threes over the last month. Like he's been absolutely on fire. So I do like um, especially bringing in Domas and having Justin alongside him. You get some instant chemistry already while you're trying to figure out other stuff. Um, yeah, and he's got one yeah. more year after this on yeah. six point three million. Um, yeah, I mean, for it, we'll, we'll get to Buddy here in a second. But I mean, I think, yeah replacing that spacing is is really important for sacramento especially when you're also losing losing tyrese in this deal i mean tyrese buddy and harrison are the three actual good three-point shooters on this team um well they're all elite actually i I would say um and yeah losing those and then you fall down to um you know harrison's still here but like davion has been sketchy even though it's been improved as of late if you want to talk about like bagley metu we mentioned harkless Mm -hmm. like it gets suspect when it comes to three-point shooting pretty quick. So I think getting Justin Holiday back here as as a filler in that buddy role and, um, yeah, I mean, a guy that's willing and confident to take those amount of threes um, while also, I mean, there's, you know, the talk we always hear is when you get traded that, uh, well, it just means that a different team wanted you, right, is, is the way that it gets. I think players try to look at it through an optimistic mm-hmm. lens. And I, I think that if there's a slight feeling of that for Justin Holiday compared to what was being dealt with with Buddy Heald, who very clearly wanted out of Sacramento, and I think was doing a lot of ill-advised things on the court, um, sometimes maybe out of spite. Disgusting man! Like he's yeah. been playing some absolutely horrific basketball. Um, not great. <laughs> to the point where there's almost even some flat-out like addition by subtraction, which yeah. is crazy. Um, and yeah, it's uh, not getting talked about much that he's involved in this deal. I understand why. I mean, it's Halliburton and Sabonis as the headliners here, but it's really funny to me that Buddy, after this year, has two years, thirty-nine million remaining, 
and Sabonis has two years, thirty-eight million remaining. Yeah, it is kind of hilarious. It's funny. Like I haven't. I've. I think. I mean, buddy's contract. Oh, I forgot you're kind of a buddy guy, though. I like. I I know you and Brian always get on me about this. I like. I don't. I don't think his contracts ever been as bad as people make it out to be. At least like not now, especially with the. uh, I can't remember who just reported that the like the contract bump that's coming. I mean, CBA bump that's coming soon. Uh, But like. It's like I mean he gets paid starters money. Like I I do think he does some things that are are valuable. Just not for this Kings team, man. Like no, he, in the, his in the works, right place he can be okay. Yeah, in the right place I think he's a very valuable player. But I mean Sacramento, man. Like with the, the the issues that that team has, like no way, man. I was so out on that after a while, and clearly he was too. So uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and, and Tristan Thompson thrown is there throwing in there as well. Who probably even or maybe gets bought out he's just yeah i don't think he'll play for the salary match in here yeah yeah and uh 2027 second round pick from indiana um man this is this is quite the trade and i understand the emotional aspect of holy shit they traded tyrese from sacramento's point of view as being the fan bases a majority of the fan bases initial reaction i mean that's where i was at too um, you know, Sabonis is the first name mentioned in that tweet, and yet I still got caught up on the fact that Tyrese was involved because I think it was just so shocking. Yeah. Um, but I think that when we're kind of able to get past the initial shock of that, which maybe I'm at at this point, I guess, um, Sabonis is a really, really good player. Um, yeah. And do you think there's even more upside for Sabonis? I mean, he's 25 years old, which is crazy. He's 25. I mean, I feel like I'm probably biased because I watch every single one of his games, but I I do think so. Like, I mean, he's gotten better every year that he's been in Indiana, and I, I don't think that can be undersold. I know a lot has been made out of, you know, Tyrese has been on an outlier development curve for a couple of years now, and I do think that's really fair, but I also – um I mean, I do get caught up because I just I still think even in watching the Kings this year, he has real limitations as somebody who um, I think you're building an offense around. Um, so I'm interested to see what that looks like. Obviously, I mean, same thing with Domas, but I think that's to me like I view them on a similar playing field. I don't necessarily think one's you know, cool. like I mean, Domas is definitely the better player right now. Um, I do think that there's a chance that he could vault himself into a higher status because like I mentioned, I mean, his defense has gotten better. I think the biggest thing for him is just his jumper. Like, I don't care about the three as much. It's more about, like, can he make people respect him out to 15 or 16 feet? Like, if he can be an outlet path, uh, outlet shooter from, from the elbows or somewhere around there. Because he really had that two years ago. And his shot has just been very off compared to where he was, um, you know, earlier in his career with Indiana. And I haven't really known what to make of that. I'm pulling up the numbers right now and cleaning the glass because I know it's, like, the disparity. It, the yeah the disparagement in in between is is kind of insane yeah he's so he, two years ago in 1920 um when Nate McMillan was still head coach shot 46 percent from 14 feet to to the arc which is really good um obviously like not a shot you want to take all the time but like he he shot it well and since then he shot about 30 percent from there like he's taken way less of them to be fair but I do wonder if like, you know, his one like trying to extend out to the arc has kind of impacted his ability to like, you know, maybe it's impacted his touch from that area. I don't know. Like there's something there. But um, like, I, I mean, he really does have more that I think he could even expand into as a scorer, like especially like his, his handles tightened up more. He's more capable of taking people up off, off the balance and facing up. Um, I'm 
I definitely would 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 not be uh, out on the idea of Domas developing even a little bit more. Do you have any insight on him as like a leader and kind of off court or more so behind the scenes? I guess aspects of yeah his interactions with teammates or 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 anything like that. I know it's kind of hard, but no, you're good. Um, I mean, as far as stuff that I can say, like. Uh, I, I I mean I don't I don't know of any issues that he's really had with any guys. Like I know there have been some definite encore issues between him and other people. Um, but that was I mean that's been kind of the story of the Pacers for the last year and a half. Like he and Karis LeVert clashed on court a ton. Him and Miles have clashed on court quite a bit this last year. Um, but I do think he's really tried his ass off to be a leader for this team. Like um, part of the issue in Indiana, like I think we talked about this last pot we did, like they just have never defined who the best players on the team, even though it is clearly Domas. Like they've never come out and said it. They've never been willing to say it. Um, they never established a hierarchy of, of, of who the best player on the team was. And it sounds like such a trivial thing, but I think that's really important. Um, if everybody views themselves as, you know, like the same level of vocal leader, then it's really tough to establish an actual leader. So um, but I know, like, I mean, just in watching him and how he's carried himself, he definitely has tried to make himself that, uh, he hates losing, man. Like he is the guy, like if he, if they lose, like, he's not going to give you a good, I'm just letting you know right now, if they lose a game, he's not going to give you a good answer in media availability. He probably won't give you a good answer in media availability regardless, because he does not really enjoy talking to the media very much. Um, but no, he's, he's a good dude. He's just all about winning. He, he wants to play ball. I'd. And I, I, that's part of what's frustrating for me, too, because I think a lot of people are like, oh, he's a stat matter. He's this, he's that. I, I've i never seen that. I think he's always out there trying to do what's right for, for the team to win, for him and his teammates to win. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited for him in Sacramento. I do think it's a really good opportunity for him. And I think, you know, based on some things I've heard, I'm, I'm not really too surprised that the team has moved on. Uh, you know, uh, I, di- I did think that there was uh, – if if he was going to move on, I thought it was going to be more in the offseason. You know, I, I'd imagine a lot of the things in Indiana have worn on him. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to watch him in Sacramento, though, man. I think it's going to be a really good fit for him. Yeah, it's uh, definitely going to be interesting. Um, or at least an interesting fit. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see We'll see how the fit looks, but, yeah, I think it could be good. Yeah, I mean, I think that, yeah, we haven't seen, you know, I guess my whole thing is, like, we haven't seen Deer and Fox optimized. We haven't seen him actually get the chance to play with – other great players and I don't know that I view Sabonis as like a great fit or anything like that but he's easily the best teammate that Darren has ever had Um, I think that there is potential for them to complement each other very well and getting other surrounding lengthy defenders is going to be really important that can also space the floor uh, which I get isn't the easiest mold to go out and obtain uh, but I I think Sacramento has ways to do that Um, yeah, I think that this is this is going to be interesting, and to kind of go through a little bit of some of the other moves we've seen recently, uh, without going too in depth and uh, making this more uh, time sensitive, since I'm sure there will be more soon here. Uh, Portland did end up trading away CJ McCollum. Um, we'd already seen them trading away Norman Powell as well. Um, just you know, teams that Sacramento's rubbing shoulders with, chasing this ten spot, and actually sent them to sent CJ to the New Orleans Pelicans. So that's a team that is doing a similar thing to Sacramento here and really pushing for that last play in spot, which is hilarious because you know three years ago or however long everybody was talking about the eight being in the eight seed perpetually was 
just a horrible situation to be in. And now everybody's chasing the 10 spot uh, because yeah, of this kind of play in that was thing. existed. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be New Orleans and Sacramento fighting for this 10 spot is is pretty much what it feels like here. And there's there's I'd be shocked if there wasn't more moves from Sacramento. Um, you have any questions for me, Mark? I know I, I do have picked your brain a bunch. So um, number one, how are you feeling about not even basketball wise, but just I mean, I know you, you and Tyrese had some budding chemistry, too. So how are you feeling with him getting moved, man? I was I was really enjoying catching up on everything from pressers every time that, that, that you me got too. to talk with him. Yeah, he told me yesterday uh, when he was walking away that we were going to play 2K over the break. I'm so <laughs> heartbroken. I don't even want to do it anymore. Hey, man, it. you'll have to hold it against him if he doesn't actually do it. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. Um, it was definitely crazy. Um, I, I think especially as the guy that like you thought was going to be around and the one that was talking yep. about changing the culture like not letting it change him instead he was he was like you know i don't know how long it'll take but i'll be here and we're gonna figure it out and uh yeah i mean i I think it's just crazy like there when the season has been so dark and underwhelming from not reaching expectations especially since there were i think larger expectations this year compared to last um really shipping off what was maybe the lone bright spot is just a lot to take in. Um, but I also know that I'm going to love Sabonis yeah. um, as a player. So, yeah, I mean, I think emotionally it's just like, wow, you're really going to move on from the one bright spot of of the future. And I, I think that like what you pointed out of Tyrese having this ridiculous progression year, year after year, what you saw year one at Iowa State to his sophomore year where he ended up being a lottery pick, um, even jumps in self-creation from year one to year two, the amount of responsibility he's been able to have on his shoulders this year as a primary option, even though I don't know that that is necessarily the most ideal thing, but for him to be able to do that, um, handle getting doubled and, and hedges and things like this, a thing that I just didn't think he would be able to do with his handle or, or physicality or things like this. Like I, yeah, I really don't know what the ceiling of Tyrese is. So I, I, which, yeah, maybe I'm I'm a little too far there, but he's the he's the bright spot of uh, all the on court things this year and all the mm-hmm. off court situations as well. So it's it's a whole little shake up for sure. Sorry, yeah. I just ranted there. No, but. you're good, man. Most definitely. Um, I'm trying to think. Last thing that I want to hit on too. Um, I mean, I feel bad. Ty has to stay with Buddy. By the way, I think that's. kind of kind of funny in this oh do they not like each other i don't know that they i don't think they dislike each other but i don't think that anybody i wouldn't think that anybody on sacramento's roster is thinking the most fondly of buddy you know like i I think on court they all get along like they have their whole bow 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 thing right yeah that is kind of buddy's joke and tyrese is like following along with all the time i don't think there's any bad issues between the two as as people or anything i think that buddy's just been a really frustrating player that i think i would imagine most people kind of wanted to no longer be a part of but you know a lot of it had to do with wanting to be out of sacramento so maybe buddy's different as well yeah yeah no i'm interested to see uh because i do uh i would imagine that it's not going to be easy to to move buddy again um 
And honestly, the Pacers kind of need him. Like they need shooting. Like they they cannot afford to to be worse uh, to have an even worse shooting roster than they did coming into today. So um, I'm interested to see how that works and and how he and Rick Carlisle get along. Um, Cause that's always exciting to, to figure out what that's going to look like. But um, yeah, I'm going mean, to have PD Webb on to preview the 2027 draft. Yeah. Um, talk about second rounders. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, man. Um, I guess my thing with Sacramento, just, just finishing off on this. Um, a lot of this to me is like, I, I don't have a firm. This was good or this was bad um, until you know, a couple months from now, like I need to see what happens in the off season. I need to see if they, like, I honestly, I still think they should move Harrison. Like, I still think that they should be moving Rashawn. Like they need to get the most value that they can, because even though Domas is an established all-star and like a really good player right now, their window is not, I mean, no, like we, uh, they cannot act like, like, I think trying to gun for the 10 seed right now would be a mistake. My hope is like, this is, they view this as, being better prepared for a, a better version of, well, not, but hopefully not a version of this team at all, but just a better team next year, you know, and what they can do with, and maybe they view Domas and Fox fitting together better, but um, it is. I, definitely- I think of Chicago, I think of Chicago um, yeah. where they made that Vucevic trade. And I think we've kind of heard the Vucevic trade thrown around a lot as a baseline for what the potential Sabonis deal would be. And yeah, Obviously, they have their differences, but the fact that Sacramento still has all their firsts that they're working with um, and, you know, what I think are valuable, uh, substantial deals for any salary matching in Harrison Barnes and Rashawn Holmes, like, I still think there's a lot more maneuvering that they can do here. Um, They still can get close to, if not max cap space this offseason, if that's what they want to do, even though there's no, like, names that blow you away this offseason or anything. I don't know if they'd throw a bunch of money at like Miles Bridges and restricted free agency or what that could look like, for example. But I think that, uh, yeah, this is this is the beginning of a new look where it's like, OK, clearly you're going all in. Then let's let's fully let's fully do this thing. Yeah, um, I agree, because I think the other thing where I'm at, I mean, I guess part of this is a vote of confidence for Davion Mitchell. Um, like, I mean, I think it would be a mistake to take him out of the starting lineup, even after Fox comes back. Um, somebody brought up a really good point to me, uh, a couple days ago. Cause I'm, I'm writing something on Davion right now. I'm just on a King a King's kick, I guess. But, um, cause he's been playing, I mean, he's been really balling out and you like the defense has even been better, um, partially because of him, like his, what he's been doing at the point of attack the last two weeks has been like, just, I mean, just incredible stuff. Like it's the kind of shit I've wanted to see in Sacramento for a while. Um, again, I, I do question, you know, buying into to Davion over, over Halberton, but, um, the front office wants to make their bed with that. So I, I don't think they can move him back to the bench, but the point I was gonna bring up, like, uh, he's very much a rhythm player. Like, and I think we've seen that with him having issues coming off the bench and scoring, like he's had moments where if he can cook for like eight to 10 minutes, like he can look really good and he's able to get into what he needs. Cause the pull-up is so important for him. Um, and that's what allows him to establish a lot of his pacing in the half court. But if he doesn't have the time to do that, he can really struggle to get going offensively. He's really not like he can be an okay catch and shoot guy, but it's like, okay, can you get, can you get him going first? Can you get him settled in? Um, I mean, that's something he's going to have to work through and get better at, but I do think him being in the starting lineup and figuring that out is going to be important. Um, and he, I've been, I mean, does I, have I have become, been really uh, impressed with him. He does oh, have to ahead. become a pretty good uh, catch and shoot three point shooter. 
yeah, if it's going to be Fox. Especially like if it's going to make sense with him with Fox for sure. Um, but I mean, he's a guy I'm very excited about him playing alongside Domas. Like I think what they could do together in pick and roll could be nice. Cause I've been, um, I would say I've been like a little bit more impressed with, with Davion's passing than I, I thought coming into the year. Um, like, especially over this last stretch, I think he's been making some more advanced, quicker reads than I was expecting. Um, I mean, he's going to have to figure out like actual counters at the rim, but like, he's just getting people with the, the hesitation dribble. And it's, it's like, I, I, I tweeted this out. Like it's hard to even call it a hesitation dribble because he does it so fucking fast. But like, I mean, he totally dusted Steph Curry that other night. And, um, I don't know. You see stuff with him. That's really encouraging. And again, like it's, it's all in a vacuum, but, um, you can still make out a lot with the team. This team that's interesting, but they really have to hit it with the draft, which is why I I just do not want to see them go for the ten seed. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah, this first round pick in in the next draft is going to be really interesting. It wouldn't surprise me to see it moved even before this deadline, before whenever you're listening to this episode, um, or with some notable protections, top four, top six, top eight, sort of thing. Um, or if, uh, yeah, if it's held on and all of a sudden you're adding a AJ Griffin or, or something like this, like, yeah, I, I think that next year is where it gets really interesting for Sacramento kind of piecing this all together. And right now, a lot of this year is going to be figuring out how Fox and Sabonis work alongside one, eno- one each other, one another. And, uh, yeah, getting them a little bit more comfortable. The coaching situation is going to be interesting going into next year. Um, that that is an interesting asterisk on here that I'll probably yeah do some digging into today when I go to the first of that back to back against Minnesota of uh, yeah I mean apparently the incentives with Gentry of because if he reaches certain thresholds he can keep the job um, we don't know exactly but it's assumed that that has to do with postseason appearance and acquiring Sabonis helps with that man I hate that so much like I just yeah. <laughs> that's this part of the problem I mean exactly like I don't I don't mean to keep elongating this but that's like exactly that's just part of the problem with this this organization man like they they have never just actually taken the opportunity to be bad even though they have forced themselves into being bad and like it's just the worst possible spot to be in and I uh Man, we'll see though. I, I, they're I good now, mean, Mark. They're good yeah, now. Oh, Mark. Yeah, just this, this, this move makes them perfect. That's all they needed. They yeah, absolved of all sins whatsoever. No, <laughs> not even close. No, it'll be interesting uh, for sure to see how this uh, continues to break down these next couple of days. Um, sure, I'll do, there'll be more moves. Um, anybody that hasn't checked out Mark's piece for SB Nation on the Kings still totally relevant with all the moves that have been going on. So definitely take a peek at that. Um, I know you have it up on your Twitter and also obviously on SB Nation. Um, and the Twitter is at M Schindler NBA. Work for Basketball News, Fear the Sword, Indie Cornrows. What else am I missing, Mark? You got a lot going on, man. <laughs> yeah, no, work, I'm kind of all over the place. Uh, I do a draft podcast called Tag the Roll with my my good friend Jake Rosen, who's also a scout. Um, mostly just looking at a lot of player development and uh, um, you know how guys are improving so, um, but yes, keeping up with everything I do for all things basketball, you can find me on Twitter is the best place to, to find me. And I just appreciate you having me on, man. This was a blast. Yeah. I appreciate you taking the time, man. A uh, quick reaction to this and anybody unaware, obviously Mark does great work that uh, I, I know myself and a lot of other guys at the Kings Herald think really highly of. So obviously check out everything that Mark is putting out 
And uh, speaking of the Kings Herald, take a look at their site. I'm sure they're going to have great coverage of this, which is myself included. And whatever further trades that we see, probably crying over Tyrese a little bit, understandably. Um, So take a look at the site and peek at the Patreon to support local independent Kings coverage. And if you enjoyed this episode of the Kings Pulse podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. And hear from us again in the next couple of days.